Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to be with you and an invitation for you to download our podcast. Wendy Bell Radio is what you search wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We've got one and a half million downloads already marching our way to two million. You are invited. Give us a five star review, a like, a share, a follow. We appreciate you and we welcome you into our family. Okay, so speaking of family, I think like most and I'm just going to go with moms. Dads, if you do this too, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss you. But as a mom in our family, I do the lion's share of all of the, I guess, minor stuff that is the big stuff. I do the decorating. I do the cooking. I do the cleaning. I do the planning, the appointments, the accounting, the lion's share of the gardening, which I enjoy. But I've been very swamped. And I haven't been in the holiday spirit. My kids have done a good job reading these signs. They help me put up a tree. They help dig out all of the decorations, put up some things in the house. But yesterday it came down to a head. Are we going to put out a Christmas card? I said no. No. I, I really don't feel the need to go through my, first of all, finding a picture of everybody is ridiculous. It's always a hassle. It's a stress on the summer because I always try to get something on the beach or whatever, like so many of you. Get a picture. Okay, there's our Christmas card picture. That's half the battle. I didn't want to do it. Boys killed me yesterday. They did. They went through my computer. They went through my phone. They went through Joe's phone. Found a picture of the seven of us. Ryan sat down, searched for coupon codes. It's a good boy. His mom's son. <laughs> I'm like, don't you dare check out until you find a coupon code. Right? And they ordered this Christmas card. I had nothing to do with it. I think my kids are realizing, look, I'm busy. And to be honest with you, I'm tired of being taken for granted. And that's what it boils down to. I'm tired of that. 
if I'm going to if I'm going to cook dinner, maybe you guys can clean it up. Maybe you can be responsible for that. Maybe one of these days on trash night, you guys can remember it's only been 20 years that we've lived in this house that Monday night is trash night. Maybe that's the night you guys can do it. Get it out. So I don't have to ask. They realized I was done with being taken for granted. We'll see how long it lasts. You know, the black community is tired of being taken for granted by the Democrats. And I really think you're seeing this momentum of voters saying, you know what? They promised me all this stuff. But they don't deliver. And now... After three years of Joe Biden, I have less money, more stress, less security. Life isn't as good. Calling a spade a spade. It was better before. I like who we had before. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Now, it's not a majority by any stretch. 17% is a big number. Here's your story. A poll. 17% of black Americans support Donald Trump. This is up from nine, eight to nine points in 2020. He's doubled it. All right. Why is that? This is from Gen Forward. This is a poll from Gen Forward. 17% of black Americans currently support Trump. 20% of black Americans say they would vote for someone else other than Trump or Biden. You add those together, that's 37% of people who Joe Biden would love to count on, but can't. 36% of Latinos support Trump. This is a poll of 3,448 eligible voters. It was taken almost from the entire month of November. Only 72% of black voters support support Joe Biden. Now, I say only because usually this number is in the 90s. The Democrats have had this lock on the black voter. Not anymore. And there's an all-out panic. Why? What is going on? Well, apparently the talking points have been released. Not only did Joy Reid on MSNBC get them, so did Senator Raphael Warnock, who is as dirty as everybody else is. So did Janet Yellen, who undoubtedly is dirty than all of them. And I want you to hear very clearly what the new talking point is. Why is there so much black anger about the economy? What has gone so wrong? Now, the setup to Raphael Warnock with this Joy Reid is very interesting. She admits this administration has been an abject Failure, because she says, and listen very carefully, well, there have been some positives. Really? Have there now? Joy, you just answered your own question. Why is there anger in the black community about this administration, about the economy, about everything? Because it's terrible. Listen to Joy Reid. Go. 
you are seeing a lot of sort of anger over the economy. Um, there is a poll that shows something like 20 percent of African-American voters are saying they would stay home if it's a Biden versus Trump rematch. Uh, there is some rumbling that in the African-American community, including on issues like Gaza, there is some pulling away from Joe Biden. Now, there are some positive things. You were involved in one of them, getting insulin prices down, getting health care costs down. So there have been some positive economic things. But what do you make of the sort of anxiety and the fracturing among the, the Democratic base? You can't be that disconnected, right? I mean, you can't be. I mean, you can be. You know she's making a million bucks. Is it, that, is it possible that she's that disenchanted or disenfranchised from reality? You have done some good. I mean, there have been some things. You lowered insulin prices. Oh, goody. That's fantastic. Does that make my groceries less expensive, Joy? Of course not. You answered your own question. Raphael Warnock. So here is your excuse. Why specifically are people disenchanted with what's going on? Well, especially in the black community, it's COVID. What? Listen, number one. Well, first of all, I I think um, we are living in really tough times. We went through three years of a pandemic that in some ways we're still digging ourselves out of. Oh, please. Oh, Senator. <laughs> Reverend, whatever the hell you are. What? Are you going to lie to us and say, oh, you know, we're just getting out of this. Three years. I, I will remind you, who are the people who, who are responsible for the bad decisions? The endless barrage of bad decisions. Hurry up. Act quickly. Do this. Don't do that. Stay home. Wear a mask. Oh, my God. Right. It's your party, dude. Well, we're just getting out of it. No, no, no. See, that ship has sailed, bro. That ship has sailed. Nobody is beating on that dead horse except you. And we're going to hear Janet Yellen. And then he continues. You know, we lost so many people. Like, It scars you. And it's really hard to pick up the pieces and move forward. And it's going to take us a while to make all of it right again. Really? Think about a million, the loss of a million Americans alone uh, through this crisis. I think that there is, Joy, a kind of low-grade mm. uh, fever oh. that the whole country has. Mm. I, I think that we have been traumatized in ways that we won't fully account for until years later. Mm. And in the midst of that, uh, people are concerned about their everyday mm. uh, needs. Is that how it works? We're just wounded. Oh, we've got a fever. Is it the fever that's causing the majority of public educated students to not be able to read or do math, Senator? But if you really want the punch in the face of suck, here's Janet Yellen. She's going to be asked by some guy at the Wall Street Journal, why hasn't the message of Bidenomics, why why isn't that like caught on with people? Listen. Why do you think there is this disconnect? And are you concerned about the fact that the administration's message around Bidenomics isn't landing? So I think um, we've we've been through a lot. Everybody's the pandemic caused an enormous amount of disruption in people's lives. And um, we're still in the aftermath of what's been a serious shock. And we've had serious global shocks. And although prices are rising at a much slower pace than they were. Inflation is substantially Mm. off its highs. Mm. The level of prices of some things that people buy and are important to them are higher. 
Um, a good example would be rents. Rents have gone up considerably. No, duh! Literally, this woman is in is in charge of the treasury. COVID, it's the pandemic. We're still reeling from it. It's not our terrible policies. It's not that we hate America and we're trying to destroy it from within. It's not the bankrupting of the American dream. Ah, it's COVID, that damn virus. God bless. I sure wish that didn't happen. For real? So, Secretary Yellen, if you're paying attention, we've got a little factoid for you. Little facts. About how young, oh, how low-income people are being priced out of homes, not just to buy, to rent. Listen to this. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. It's insulting when you know what's going on and someone tells you, no, it's not what's going on. Nah. You think that's what's going on. I mean, that, that's not true. That's not at all true. Well, you know what doesn't lie? Your bank account. You know what doesn't lie? That number on the register at the checkout. And they want to lie to you and say, no, you just don't understand it. You must have a COVID hangover. You must have a low-grade fever from COVID. It's impacting your ability to see things clearly. Everything is great. Got it? (laughs) Sort of like when you're going on a a trip with your family and you're like, it's going to be fine. Got it? (laughs) Stop fighting in the back seat. How about this story? Breitbart, Bidenomics study. <laughs> I love these stories. Low-income families spend half of their salaries on housing. This is where we are. Before I even get into the, the meat and potatoes of this study, you, you realize that that's what these 15-minute cities are all about. You realize that's what Lahaina is all about. We're going to have this monster storm whipping up wind and this this fire that that can burn metal to nothing to be like and then we're going to take all the land we're going to push all the natives off of it we're going to put a fence up around it can't see it and then we're going to build whatever the hell we want to build and because so many of you have lived here for generations we know you don't have proper documentation that shows that this is your land so eh it kind of like eminent domain we're just going to claim it but bye and so you're strapped you have no money you have nowhere to go nowhere 15 minute city okay i don't have to have a car i can walk or bike or i can rely on public transportation everything i need is within 15 minutes of my house wow it sounds utopic Ew. Well, that's where we're going. About two-thirds of households at the bottom 20% of the income bracket in this country pay over half of their income in rent and utilities. A Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies recently found. I don't think this Harvard Joint Center plagiarized this, so that's good. Oh, I know that was mean. The challenge for low-income families to afford basic housing costs suggests President Joe Biden's so-called Bidenomics of growing the economy from the middle out and the bottom up is not working. Well, in fact, it is. Take from you and give to others. Except the giving to others isn't getting to the others. And so they're struggling, too. The federal government says shelters should consume about 30 percent or less of your household income. All right. Only about half of American renter households fall within those guidelines per the New York Times. 
among working class renters. The next bracket up from the very lowest, the bottom income bracket, the share with severe burdens, nearly tripled in two decades to 17 percent, the study found. Both low income and working class renters are impacted with record high share of cost burdens. Housing insecurity ripples through every domain of family life. Didn't we just talk about earlier this week young people with food insecurity? People who don't know if they're going to be able to have three meals a day? People who don't know where their next meal is coming from? This is American prosperity? This is building back better? Are you for real? Of course not. Saving for a house down payment to leave the rental market isn't a viable option. For how many Americans? The average monthly mortgage payment has soared now. Have you guys seen this? Soared. These are not rich people. $3,322. The average monthly mortgage payment. $3,322 under Joe Biden. Up from the average monthly mortgage payment of 1787 under Donald Trump. It's almost double. All the pieces of the puzzle laid out on the table. And you can see how they fit. It is about destruction. It is about destroying the family. It is about taking God out of our lives, out of our schools, out of our consciousness. It is about immorality, debauchery, about feeding whatever instinct you want, no matter whatever your need is. It's about breaking you so that you have nothing and that you are grateful for your bloated government. By the way, all the new jobs, they're in healthcare and government. These aren't people like you and me. These aren't people who are creating things, who are part of the heartbeat of this country. It's more garbage bureaucracy. You see it, right? Well, if you don't, the safest, most secure election claims you'll see blows up in their faces. One in five mail-in voters admits to doing what? Don't miss it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. The good news is people who are used to getting away with everything slip up very commonly. Your defenses come down. Your guard is down. And so you say things off the cuff. That perhaps you ought not. One of those comments came on November 2nd of 2020. And it was uttered by our then in Pennsylvania, our then attorney general, now current governor who thinks he's going to be president, please, Josh Shapiro. And he said something that was so striking When all the votes are counted, Joe Biden is going to win. Well, isn't that an odd comment? 
because elections do require votes to be counted. But you saying the obvious part made us very uncomfortable there, Josh. And for good reason. And there's a reason why you guys are trying to skewer Donald Trump for saying, you know what? I'm not down with these results because you know what's happening. So are you at all surprised when I read you this? This is from the Heartland Institute. I freely admit, never visited this site before. Heartland Rasmussen Poll. One in five mail-in voters admits to committing at least one kind of voter fraud during the 2020 election. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, wait, say that again? Because this is supposed to be safe and secure, remember? It was supposed to be the safest, most secure. When all the votes are going, la, 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 la. How many times did they say that to us? One in five mail-in voters admits to committing at least one kind of voter fraud during the 2020 election? That's kind of freaking giant. Well, let's get the deets. 17% of mail-in voters admit that in 2020, they voted in a state where they are, quote, no longer a permanent resident. 17%. I'm going to go with that's a problem. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. What? 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or a family member with or without his or her permission. Isn't that why we have those signatures on file? Like where you go to vote? Isn't there some very ordinary looking person sitting there? Right? And they're like, what's your name? All right. And they go through their thing and it's facing your direction. So you sign your name and they can see if it's the same kind of. Isn't that why we do that? Oh, is that why the Secretary of State in our Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in 2020, why that individual, she said, you know what, forget the signature match. I mean, it's just going to be too much. Maybe why? Easier to cheat? I don't know. Sure seems feasible, doesn't it? You're not supposed to ask. How about this? 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. What? Taken together, the results of these survey questions appear to show that voter fraud was widespread in the 2020 election, especially among those who cast mail-in ballots. It's almost like we all saw this happening. It's almost like I got fired from warning people about this. (laughs) Don't tell the truth. Truth is a pesky thing. Donald Trump tweets out or puts out on Truth Social yesterday. This is the biggest story of the year. And Republicans must do something about it. Don't be Mitch McConnell and his gang of rhinos. Have to make a move now. Get tough. Get smart. Our country is being stolen. I agree. So here's the story. Arlington Heights, Illinois. A new poll by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports found one in five voters who cast mail-in ballots during the 2020 election 
admit to participating in at least one kind of voter fraud. When asked during the 2020 election, did you fill out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or a family member, member such as a spouse or a child? 21% of respondents said, yeah, yes, I did. By the way, that's illegal in all states. Although many states allow people to assist, you're not allowed to do it for them. Eh, what's the law? What's the law? I mean, if Barack Obama's private chef can drown while paddleboarding naked and we won't ask questions about it, I mean, I guess this is fine, too. Additionally, 17% of mail-in voters say they voted, quote, in a state where you are no longer a permanent resident. Not allowed to do that. 17% of mail-in voters also admitted to signing a ballot or a ballot envelope on behalf of a friend or a family member. That's forgery. Ah. Both voting in a state where you are no longer a resident and forging a signature on a ballot or a ballot envelope are fraudulent activities that invalidate votes when caught by election officials. But why would anybody think that they were going to get caught considering in Fulton County they could just bzzzt, bzzzt. All all night long, feeding in those pristine, never been folded, exactly the same responses, those ballots, you know, where the circle is all colored in except for that little crescent moon shape and all of them look the same. It's so wild how that happens. According to election code, election data, I should say, More than 43% of 2020 voters cast ballots by mail. The highest percentage in U.S. history. It must stop. It's got to stop. Can't do it anymore. No more going into the nursing homes. Signing stuff for people who are comatose. Or completely out of it. Oh, I'm sure she wanted Biden. Let's just, here, let let me just do that for her. Oh, and signature. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of how she signs it. Matter of fact, 43%. Ballots by mail. 10% of all respondents, not just those who said they voted by mail, claim that they know a friend, a family member, a co-worker, or other acquaintance who has admitted that he or she cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 in a state other than his or her permanent residence. 8% of all respondents said, quote, a friend, family member, organization, such as a political party, offered them pay or a reward for agreeing to vote in the 2020 election. And of course, what do we try to do? You know what? When you go to the election polling place, there's no election. There's no campaigning, no sloganeering or whatever the hell it is. You're not allowed to hand crap out to people standing in line. Oh, what did the left say? They don't want little old ladies to get water while they're standing in line to vote. These people suck. Taken together, the results of these survey questions appear to show that voter fraud was widespread. Isn't it so frustrating when all of those things that we've talked about, all of those curious coincidences, and I bet you didn't know. How about that? Does this make you feel weird? Conspiracy theorists. Where have we been wrong? Where have you been wrong? You haven't. This is a poll of 1,085 likely voters conducted from November 30th until December 6th. The one week. 
Among those surveyed in the poll, 33% Republican, 36% Democrats, 31% were other. The following statements from policy experts at the Heartland Institute. This is a free market think tank, allegedly. The results of this survey are nothing short of stunning. For the past three years, Americans have repeatedly been told that the 2020 election was the most secure in history. But if this poll's findings are reflective of reality, the exact opposite is true. This conclusion isn't based on conspiracy theories or suspect evidence, but rather from the responses made directly by the voters themselves. You know, this is the the whole argument about the vaccine adverse event reporting system. If we don't talk about what people are reporting and we just push our narrative, then that's negating what people are reporting. That's factually incorrect. If a tree falls in the woods and you don't hear it, it still falls. A Democratic Republic cannot survive if election laws allow voters to commit fraud easily. And that is exactly what happened during the 2020 election. None of this is surprising. We cannot become immune to this. I cannot look at this and pass by it and say, yeah, I know I'm numb to that storyline. We all already know. We know Mark Zuckerberg spent $400 million to help Democrats and Joe Biden. And whether or not COVID was unleashed on purpose for this idea scare people into staying home don't you dare go out and vote you could die i don't know the answer to that but it sure makes you wonder doesn't it how about this person this is the director of the socialism research center the 2020 election was unlike any other in history as tens of millions of americans voted by mail due to the covid-19 pandemic at the time many experts warned that massive mail in voting voting could result in widespread voter fraud unfortunately these concerns were prophetic so exactly why is donald trump in the crosshairs of that wacko special prosecutor jack smith Who's so desperate to get this to get the high court involved to make sure this case goes to trial. So that the outcome can be made known so that he's wounded. Best yet convicted. It's disgusting. All of it is disgusting. And you know in your heart what is true and what is not. It's COVID. Okay. Now, there is some raging paranoia going on in the world, ladies and gentlemen. And it's all about one guy. Because if that one guy gets back into 1600 Pennsylvania, a lot of things are going to go sideways for them. And so they've created this fake narrative, the threat to democracy, the danger of Donald Trump. We've got... a the most delicious mashup for you. Do not go anywhere. It's on tap next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. It's fun the more we do this. The more we read, the more I listen to people talk. As frustrating as it is, 
to be awake, to be able to see through the excuses and the storylines as frustrating, as disheartening, as disappointing. That's what it is. It's so disappointing. As disappointing as it is, it's kind of enjoyable to every now and again laugh at the obvious speaking points. You heard the obvious speaking points. Black people are, are leaving the Democrat Party, not in droves, but in enough of a trickle that it's now almost double digits. Well, now it is double digits. Now, almost double what Donald Trump's support was in 2020 from the black community. He's getting up there near 20%. This is, this is huge. Giant. Well, it's because of COVID. Everybody's got a low-grade fever about a COVID, says Raphael Warnock. Janet Yellen, well, you know what? Everybody's just... It's going to take a while to heal from that virus. Really? One of the favorite prevailing narratives is also that if Donald Trump is reelected, this world is over. It's the end of democracy. <laughs> really? So they've got the same talking points. And it's fun when somebody out there who's far more talented than we, I think this comes from Grabian. Is that right, Brock? Gravian, Tom Elliott, he's so great. I want you to hear this mashup. It's like three plus minutes of, and it's worth every second of it, of the suck narrative regarding Donald Trump being possibly reelected. Listen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, <laughs> that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. <laughs> throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. Ooh. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate <laughs> generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. He wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end of democracy yeah. i think that could be the end of our democracy but democracy is dead if trump is reelected. elected up to putin that democracy will be at risk the absolute destruction of the justice department as we know it the justice department could be entirely transformed i am really concerned about that every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration he's re-elected he will curb transgender rights the end of the rule of law arrest political opponents to persecute not prosecute 
persecute, but persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. Vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after <laughs> the independent and free parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Mm -hmm. Reading the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected, he won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic oh. has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently right now to stop that from happening. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of pants on fire going on there. My goodness, gravy. It's total hysteria. He's going to execute people. He might even kill the first lady. What? I, I wonder, do they do they get off of these shows and they're like, good job, everybody. Good job. Who wants to go get a Bud Light? <laughs> right? It's preposterous. It's called desperation. And for just a brief moment, I'm going to take my proverbial bread and I'm going to soak up the gravy. Because you deserve that. You deserve to see the unraveling you deserve to hear the panic. Because Donald Trump has been working for the last three years on what his administration would look like. He's been working for more than 1,060 days, 1,061, by the way, to figure out exactly how he's going to carve this hackery out of the fabric of our government. I don't know how you get the media to follow suit. I don't think you can, but I think their credibility is gone. And that is a good thing. Alternate outlets such as this program and other people who've emerged because we were silenced and shut down, demonetized, deplatformed, fired, and finger wagged because we dared to tell you the truth. Well, it is a rise of these new forms of communication where you should have access to all of it. Now, very interestingly, it's not just Donald Trump who they're worried about. There's a specific loathing now of Elon Musk. And there is a weaponized regulatory assault on the world's richest man. Why? Oh boy. Wait for this one. It's on deck next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.